0: Greetings and salutations, people. It's your boy, Scoop. Welcome to this week's episode of my podcast. Today, we got a special guest. going to talk about the NBA, and we're going to talk about some of the other things going on this week. Stay tuned. And we're back with the NBA portion of the podcast for the day. Um, I'm very excited to have my first guest, mainly from the illustrious city of Washington, D.C., um, actually, I'm just let you introduce yourself.
1: Sure. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Yah Stanley, AKA Coach Yah, and I reside in Chicago, Illinois, originally from DC. And I'm a basketball and sports fanatic, so I'm excited to talk basketball today.
0: And we're excited to have you. Yah is one of the most knowledgeable people I know. Um, I call her my, my, my favorite social media basketball analyst. She uh, has the best threads on, on Facebook um, talking about basketball. And, and as we gear towards the tail end of the season, wanted to definitely uh, bring her on to, to give, give me her predictions on some of the major awards. Uh, but as, as we were, were setting up everything for this episode, two major things happened. Um, the NBA has officially canceled the rest of the season due to coronavirus, which is unbelievable. Um, there was just a video of Mark Cuban getting a text message while in
1: the arena. Did you see that? Yeah, and he looked shocked. And there was a meeting uh, today, I think, with the the owners. Um, so I'm not sure if he was present for that meeting or not, where some of the reports I saw um, said that, you know, teams voted for one way or another to like have games without spectators to suspend or to keep operating as normal. And I'm wondering if really the suspension of the season and it says indefinitely, so I'm not sure if they're going to pick it back up later or not, but I don't know if it came from Rudy Gobert testing positive for coronavirus. And obviously he's been around his teammates and, You know, they've had games, and so now he's under quarantine. And so I think it really hit home um, with with him coming up positive for it. So I I think that might have been the impetus even after the meeting.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, you think about it, um, like, we literally got this while we were squaring this whole thing away. So I have had a chance to look at his, like, last couple games. But say, for instance, he played Minnesota and he played Dallas. right. Those two teams play somebody
1: right. twice. Yeah, You know, so, it's, it's, you, know, yeah, so it's you viral know, exponential spreading just right there. It's a whole uh, test case right within the NBA. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know, So, so it's, it's, it's crazy. And then, um, yeah, so we don't know. We don't know who else might possibly have it. I know in, outside of sports, um, it was just determined that uh, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, tested positive for it. So it's hitting people hard, and um, I'm gonna talk about NCAA in a little bit. Which, which another tidbit for them is they're they're moving forward with um, with the NCAA tournament with no fans and just limited staff and families.
1: So it's also crazy because the whole part, whole you know, excitement of March Madness is you know fans fans. and the students being able to participate and celebrate and help sway the games with their. Noise and all that good stuff. So it's really wild. This is crazy to
0: uh, and, Yeah, I mean with March Madness, I would say is that like the energy of March Madness is what makes Cinderella's happen. Right. And having open gym against another team, right. like I honestly believe that a lot of the teams that are favored to win are in my opinion are going to win more of the games than they would have in the past. Right. Because that's just, that's just my perspective no, because a sense. lot of them, yeah. you know, the, it, the, part of that is like no one thinks we're going to win this game. You know, we're under we're undermanned, We don't have as many fans to other people. But when it's just rolling the ball out and you're just watching, you're just hearing the squeaks of sneakers, I don't know how that's going to play into the impact of the game itself. It's just going to be a very weird sporting experience.
1: It is. I think it will be. I don't know. Is this a a, a first? And a, even for spectators watching from your TV screen to actually watch a game and potentially hear coaches' direction more clearly on the floor, right. hear players talking, you know. right? It's it's gonna be interesting.
0: It's Definitely, be not the, least had the same it. feel.
1: It's gonna be March sadness. Oh.
0: That's exactly what it is. Hashtag
1: March sadness. Just point that March right sad- now. Go ahead and, if, and, and, if, and tweet yeah, it out. Yeah, people use that. You heard that here first. <laughs> you heard it here first.
0: Hashtag March
1: sadness.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> so look, let's so talk about to the NBA. Okay, I know you had some hot takes about the MVP, um, especially with the last couple uh, games this week pre pre Verona. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the Lakers. Defeating the Bucks and the Clippers back to back, and then the Bucks also lost. In addition to losing to the Lakers, they lost to the Heat. So a lot of people have been throwing out LeBron. It's like, oh, now he's he's you know the MVP race is closer. He's
1: activated um, playoff
0: mode. Right, right. <laughs> what, what do you? Where what you? What's your takes on the MVP candidates? Give me, give me your, give me your top MVP candidates, and who you think should actually get it.
1: Yep, sure. So I, I think it's pretty cut and dry and, and clear this year uh, in terms of number one. And that's Greek, um, you know, what he's been able to do with the Bucs, um, you know, now two years in a row because he was MVP last year. I mean, he's, you know, even improved, um, you know, slightly above that. So like their winning percentage is slightly better um, than where they finished last year. Um their points per game is a little bit slightly better, the opponent's points, so their defense is improved a little bit. And just where he is, just from a statistical standpoint, is just out of control. And, you know, they have the number one team in the league. And, you know, while that is a, a big accomplishment for LeBron and AD and the Lakers, you know, tying up that series 1-1, I don't think that that – I mean, it, I, I think that game meant more – to the Lakers um, than it did to the Bucks that win. So I, I just think overall, like Greek has just shown that he is, you know, from a statistical standpoint, just even from a skill standpoint, he's, he's doing a lot of great things out there in the court. And I just think it's just not even a question. I think most fans and analysts would agree that he's got the clear um, number one there. Plus just taken into account. And we talked about this a little bit, um, you know, off, off mic that, he's doing things with that team where he doesn't have another elite player beside him, right. you know, in the league this year, last year, especially this year has turned into one of those leagues where you have about 10 teams now that have uh, a one a and a one B or a one, two, three, or one, two, where like, these right. are like elite teams, a Batman and a Robin where, you know, these are, tandems where both of them are in top 10 or top 20 in multiple statistical categories. Like Greek right. doesn't have that. And he hasn't had it, um, since he's been with that team. So what he's been able to do with that team and just really will them and, and, and not taking anything away from their players because they have some, some great players who are doing, you know, playing their role, but he, right. like I said, he doesn't have another elite number two. And so that really, you know, when you start talking about the Lakers, and how deep they are. And I made a prediction last summer around, you know, June, July, that I had, and not even in terms of record, in terms of who are the best teams, I had Clippers number one. And regardless of the record, I still think they're the number one team just because of their depth, how great they are defensively and offensively. Um, And they rest their players. So again, that their record is misleading. But I had Clippers, then I had Lakers number two. So I didn't have Lakers as this underdog Cinderella team. I mean, I always predicted them to be, a good team because you have two of the top players in the league right now and right. anthony davis who leads you know he's in top 20 in terms of statistical categories like four major categories like he's number nine in points he's number you know he's like top 20 in rebounds number two in blocks number 13 in steals like it, this dude is doing some great things on that team and it's just such a shame that somebody like Anthony Davis, like a Wade in the past or Kyrie Irving, or Chris boss, they just get overlooked when they play beside LeBron James and that whole, you know, media machine and, and, and circus. And so I think LeBron is, and people will be surprised to hear this. I think he's a great, obviously he's a great player. Um, but the overshadowing of his teammates and especially a teammate like Anthony Davis, who is the best player on that team and who is leading that team in all <laughs> most major categories out there the fact that he gets leapfrogged yeah. now in an mvp conversation uh by lebron is just really really baffling and so i would just say from number one greek is obviously the outright winner um i actually have cp3 as number two uh in in the mvp race you're
0: gonna have to explain, <laughs> have to explain it to, to cp3 you're gonna
1: have
0: to explain it
1: Either. And I and I would say, like, coming in number three, you know, you can look at Anthony Davis, you can look at Luka, you can look at Harden, but I would say Anthony Davis has probably rounds the list out at number three, just because LeBron James had that Lakers team last year. And, you know, while they were in playoff contention at one point, and yeah, you can talk about the injuries and those things, but LeBron activated playoff mode still last year, too. And they actually faded out of playoff contention before he finally shut it down for the season. So he had that team. He had his chance to do things with that team and it wasn't until you add another top player and anthony davis is top three you know some can make an argument that he's the best player in the league you can make that argument so when you get that on your team of course the lakers are going to be better of course they're going to be doing things that they're doing right now and i don't think that you should give that credit to lebron you should give it to the new player on the team anthony davis so anyway i know I, I,
0: <laughs> I was gonna say um thinking about you talking about the the, the the new team, like the Lakers, have a lot of new players from last year, though.
1: You, you know, mean, like
0: I mean, the, players the trade they
1: didn't have last year.
0: Yeah, like Ingram Ball. They went to the New Orleans to get Davis. Um, you right. know, they so had they lost
1: that talent. I, I mean, Ingram. Granted, Anthony Davis was a win. Like you would take Anthony Davis all day, for, uh, you know, over the combo of Ingram and and Ball. But right, right. Oh
0: no, no, I'm <laughs> just saying they he he was with the franchise. Last year, but his team is is different. He has a different team. He has a, in my opinion, he has a better team this year than he did last year. So, so echoing your point about MVP race, um,
1: which is why he, I he, don't put him at number one. That's why I don't. Put right, him right, MVP right. No, no. no. I'm
0: just, I'm just saying. When you say he had the same team last year, I would, I would argue that he has a, a definitely a better team this year. Because he has guys, even though they didn't play as much, like a Demarcus Cousins on his team, Dwight Howard is on his team this year, uh, Rondo's on the team, um, Quint Cook is on the team, and, and I'm trying to think was uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope was he on that team last year? Yeah, I think so. I think okay, so, think so so he's the only one, one of the only guys that stayed in Caruso, right? But the rest of the team is relatively new. Vets. Uh, Avery Avery Bradley right. is new. Um, so, I mean, I, echo you. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, LeBron, last year.
1: He had a different version of those similar type players last right. year. So, like, the, the big difference maker, obviously, is Anthony Davis. I see what you're Anthony. saying in terms of it's not the exact same team. I agree. Right. But those pieces where he had, you know, like, all-stars and veteran death and, you know, right. like, he had that last year. He had enough to make the playoffs last year. <laughs> I didn't put it that
0: way. It, I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I my um. It's funny how you just say you say Greek. You don't even say like you don't even try to say Giannis. As I say, Giannis. <laughs> y- Giannis Asbestos Matumbo. You don't even try to say his last name. I said
1: Antetokounmpo. I think that's it's, how
0: you say it. I, hey, look, it's it could be Giannis Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, I just call him Giannis. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you're looking at Giannis's stats. And Giannis reminds me of Kawhi Leonard late in the playoffs last year. Like that team, the Raptors team reminds me of the Bucks, and as far as not having, I mean, the Raptors had Kyle Lowry, who I think is a is an underrated point oh guard, my God. And-,
1: and I agree. Like I could go on and on about Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, I love and I Kyle actually Lowry. debates with people about his value to that team, and people just like, yeah I mean- him so much shade. <laughs>
0: We talked about this offline about fantasy basketball, and for years when I was when I was on fantasy basketball, Kyle Lowry my point guard because that dude used to get like 17 points, seven boards, and like eight assists a game. He's 5'11". For pound for pound, he's one of the best rebounding point guards in the league, and no one realized it because he's so effective in some ways. He doesn't have a lot of flash. But I, I only bring that up with, with him is that if you look at the Raptors last year, no one would have thought that they would have gotten as far. I mean, they they did well, but the team was just a good team. They had, you know, um, Van Fleet could knock down. You down
1: last year?
0: Last, last year's Raptors scene. The one that really, won the championship. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They remind me of, the, like, uh, Giannis is like this linchpin of good players. Pros, like they're, they're pros, but none of them are stars. The best player he has is Chris Middleton, right. who – you know, is a solid player. Another guy I used to have on my fantasy team uh, back in the day because he was just a really good shooter. But he—he's not—he's not Robin. Like he's not really a Robin. He's, he's just a—he's good. Right. And Giannis is making him better. But nope, Giannis is by far the best player. Is and, and I'm gonna give us some some stats to to, to echo that point. Giannis leads his team. In every single major statistical category, except for I think blocks and steals, he's he's uh, averaging 29.6 points a game, which is third in the entire NBA. He's also averaging 13.7 rebounds a game as a as a I guess you could call him a small forward. Um, he's kind of revolutionizing that position with how long and, and, and tall he is. But he's fourth in the league in rebounds, third in points, number one in player player efficient rating, and plus minus. Which are like those are like the the last two for you, for you non like you know sports nerds is like two analytical stats that show um, how good you are just based on your overall impact. Plus minus, you know, is sometimes it's kind of hard to explain, but just know that if you have a high plus minus, then you are considered a really good player, even from a from a, a statisticians perspective. But he he he's killing it on every aspect lead the team in every aspect and they are they were on a record-setting pace so they had this little uh two-game you know slide lately um but I'm I'm with you I'm with Giannis Giannis deserves to be back-to-back MVP
1: um and and it really is is kind of unfair to him that again LeBron is entering the conversation like let alone like him leapfrogging his own teammate who has you know, leads more stats than, than LeBron, but to even have LeBron in the conversation with Greek is kind of disrespectful (laughs) given what Greek has been able to do this year on his team alone and how he's been able to lead that team. Like you said, with no Robin, no real elite player, he's got a bunch of good role players and what he's been able to do with them, you know, from a team standpoint, from a record standpoint, from a stat standpoint, it's, it's, it's crazy.
0: You made you make some strong arguments. Um, you mentioned some other um, you mentioned some other people, some other other people. Did you want to discuss who you consider your first team All NBA? You want to you want to hold it off?
1: No, I think we could we could hold that off. I did want to talk about CP3. Okay, just a little bit because uh-huh. you know, like I, I've I've said this offline and and through a couple of posts and. I feel like the the real basketball connoisseur can can definitely see why CP3's name would would pop up in the conversation. And really, you know, we we put so much focus and emphasis on stats. And stats are great. And stats tell us a lot. And, you know, I'm I'm a data nerd myself with the science and engineering background. They're great. But without the context and without the eye test and without watching the games, they really don't mean that much. And you can't really have that much of an educated conversation without... Like all of the different facets of what makes a great player valuable to their team. And so, like, I we talked about fantasy basketball. So, I'm playing fantasy basketball. I've got that. I usually have like the NFL Sunday ticket. This is like the first year in a while that I've had the NBA League pass where I'm watching games like 10 eight to 10 games, like night in and night out. So, I'm watching a lot of the Thunder games, I'm watching a lot of the games, period, and seeing all these people that we're talking about in the conversation actually play the game and what CP3 is able to do. So it's not really about stats for him because, I mean, you know, he's got 17.7 points per game. He's, like, number two or three on his team in points per game. Like, he's kind of averaging in rebounds. Like, he's top 20 in assists, which is huge. He's got 6.8 assists. Like, he's close to, you know, top 10 in steals, and that's always been his specialty. I think he's just such a – defensive kind of guru. He's like such a student of the game. And like, he's so savvy. He's like one of those last of the Mohicans from a savvy veteran player that just does all the right things at the right time to kind of help wheel his team uh, in the right direction. So it's stats like, that's not, it's not really a stat play when I talk about CP three, but what he's been able to do with that team, where again, you talk about what other kind of stars and really he's kind of on the tail end of his career. Too, like he's not a young
0: thing. Definitely, chicken, he's, this, you know. this is 15, fifteenth 14 season. He got drafted in, uh, in 05. But
1: yeah, he's right. I mean, he's not one of those like young superstars. He's not like at the point where it was him and, and Blake Griffin, where you're looking at him in that conversation of like top 10 player. But again, back to what he's been able to accomplish with that team, like last year versus this year, like they've got a better uh, winning percentage than that thunder team last year that had paul george and westbrook two premier players that you would argue are in the top 10 in the nba so it's chris paul and he's got you know some other players on his team that are scoring and doing things but what he's been able to do just to get that right mindset that toughness that grit like and he's still taking winning shots like he's still got that mid-range where it's falling he's still willing the team like and, and shifting momentum with his shots, with his defense and all types of things. So I, I think, like, again, he's improved the team defensively. Like, he's improved their winning percentage. And, again, like, yeah, they're missing two stars that they had last year. And, like, it's just him now with, um you know, kind of that, that same team. And I, I just think when you look at the actual value – of a player to their team, and that's really like most valuable player. Like that's what MVPs. That's you
0: know that, and that's something I wanted. I was going to, well, I have I have a dark horse, and I'm named. I'll say you the dark, dark horse, horse. after <laughs> I, I think about this. But, um, the one thing about the NBA, and I think about this all the time, is that there needs to be an MOP. There needs to be a most outstanding player and a most valuable
1: yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I like because
0: you know there has to be a distinction because. And I won't say like this year, the things that you were talking about with LeBron, but in past years, LeBron was so valuable to his teams, but he may not have had the best overall season because somebody else had better statistics or they might have had a better winning percentage. But, you know, I remember when LeBron went to the Heat, it shows you how valuable he was when his team now becomes the number one pick in the draft following year and they get Kyrie. I got my theories on that.
1: We're not even going to (laughs) go. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just, okay, I'm just okay. saying yeah, it you know, like not, you. not just LeBron, but in general,
0: like MVP oftentimes is a, is who is the best player on a successful team
1: right.
0: versus who is the best player. And more times than not, that happens. Like in the NBA, I say that 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 tends to happen. I know in other sports, like the Heisman Trophy, oftentimes is not the best player; it's the best, it's the best player on a top five top 10 team and he's kind of like you know the star of a star team Uh, but i would say uh to to my dark horse something that one of my friends put on facebook um that kind of took to me by surprise was his third person was jimmy butler yeah i
1: can see that
0: and he said specifically because you look at what he look at the heat last year and look at the 76ers last year And when you switch them and now you put Jimmy on the heat, look at how far back the Sixers have gone without Jimmy and look at where the heat have gone with him. And I was like, you know, if you're really talking about we just talked about plus minus, you're looking at teams when you leave a team versus the new team you have, how much further you get. And I, I and looking at Jimmy I was arguing about Jimmy when I was when I was like man Bradley bill needs to be stepping through on the, he needs to be on the all-star game and I started listening to people and I put Jimmy Butler's I initially tried to put Jimmy Butler's name down I started looking at stats talking to people and they were like man what Jimmy's doing you can't really put in statistics he's having a good statistical season but he's playing a lot better than what his stats show
1: mm-hmm
0: and much more valuable to his team's success than people realize. Just looking at numbers, right? He, he's in the same CP3 mm-hmm. category that you're talking about. I mean, because I'm looking at his stats now, and he's averaging twenty six, six and a half rebounds, six assists, shooting an abysmal twenty five percent from three point uh, lane, but three point mm-hmm. line, but. Nevertheless, he's very effective, and he is working. Yeah, his his teams are doing. I mean, the Heat are doing really well.
1: And I would argue, though, like, and and the reason why I would put CP three above Butler is because Jimmy Butler is supposed to be their guy, right? Like, he is their go to. Like CP three is on a team with uh, what's his name, Shy. Alexander has got some other players. And he's actually – Alexander is actually, like, the leading scorer on there. So, like, CP3 is not supposed to be their guy, right? But he is still, like, the most valuable player. And, again, when you look at last year versus this year in that Thunder team. So, again, they've improved their winning percentage. They've improved their um, field goal percentage, which is huge. And, again, when you look at who was on the team last year, like Westbrook, and people call him Westbrook, and, you know, I think he's actually shooting better this year, but he's improved the field goal percentage. Uh, Just CP3, when you look at last year, this year, like they have less turnovers per game. And again, when you look at CP3 versus Westbrook and like some of the other changes they've had, like a better opponent score and defense. So there's a lot of things that are going their their way this year. And they've actually surpassed uh, Westbrook and Harden and the Rockets for that fifth spot in the West, which again, if you look at this OKC team, nobody even gave them a shot. They weren't on my list to be in contention or to be anywhere where they are right now. So that's why I just really look at, and I like your distinction of most outstanding player where in my mind, that means like the team doesn't have to even be, you know, like have a, even a winning percentage. Right. But who's like killing it. <laughs> like, who's, like Bradley Bill would be on that, that list, but the most valuable player, like, is the one that's, like, really doing things for their for their team that the team wouldn't be successful without that player. And that success is, you know, being in playoff contention, like being in the hunt, like having, you know, making players around them better, all those things. And I think CP3 definitely has both, you know, those kind of intangibles. And then you can look at the stats of the teams, too, this year, last year, to say that, like, he would round out my my top three list and he would be my dark horse, so to speak.
0: Mm. I got you. And now we so so we'll we'll put a pause on the first team and second team All NBA for part two of this, but we do you are we are prepared to talk about Rookie of the Year. And and I and I'll I'll, I'll start and say this: I was looking at, at at an article that talked about Zion Williamson and what he's been doing this season, and they said that only. Um, he has all these statistics, like the only rookies to average twenty points mm-hmm. and shoot fifty-five right. percent. Shoot is 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 Zion and Shaquille O'Neal. Um, the only rookies to average twenty-nine points and eight boards per thirty-six minutes are Zion and Will Chamberlain. Right. Um, you know all these crazy statistics, and the only reason why I'm giving it to John Morant is just the fact he's played the entire season right now. Um, I think as of as of yesterday, Zion's played either 19 or 20 games, compared to to Jai's played uh, 56, 57. Uh, Jaws to me is is the rookie of the year just for that. I would make a distinction and say I think that I wouldn't it would be fair, in my opinion, to have a co rookie of the year this year. Yeah. But now we have, depending on how this league goes, you know, if now that they've suspended the season indefinitely. And I used to do this with my dad all the time, where I would come home from school and I would say, the league ended today, who's first ballot Hall Mm -hmm. of Fame? We could do that that the next time, too. But it's like, right now, not the end of the season, no more championship season ended today, NBA folded, who gets it? And right now, I got to give it to John Moran.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would have to agree with you and I have kind of an asterisk in this and again at the uh, beginning of the season everybody had Zion as, you know, kind of that projected rookie of the year and I definitely believe and you probably agree with that had Zion played the whole year like Oh yeah. Especially this it, production. Right? I mean, <laughs> especially
0: this production, I mean, he definitely deserves
1: he, yeah. he deserves yeah, and I mean Justin is 19 or 20 games. I mean, he's, you know, averaging almost 24 points a game, almost 7 rebounds a game. Like he's not so much on the assists and his, you know, steals are similar to Morant's and he's got more, you know, his his block uh per game are a little bit higher. So he's win on m- most categories when you go look head to head, but to your point, like Morant has played pretty much the whole season and kind of Zion's coming in now I will say, and we kind of talked a little bit about this off mic though, that if the Pelicans can come back and overtake uh, the Grizzlies for that eighth spot and depending on how things shake out, if Zion's able to come back and will his team, you know, obviously they got some other pieces with ball and Ingram and other, you know, um, strong players on that team. But, you know, the, when you look at the records, like uh the Pelicans were 17 and 27 before like win loss before uh, Zion got back. And then they're 11 and nine without him. They've hit some, some losses of, of late, but just the fact that I I think like October through like beginning of, of January, like they almost had less wins than what they have. Like since Zion's been back. So like what he's been able to do and how he's been able to impact the, the team um is is huge like he just is like an immediate confidence and even when you look at his skill level out there like i I mean he's doing some amazing things especially for his size and i know people like to talk about like lebron when he came in and just how he's kind of bigger faster stronger i actually think that zion just in terms of his footwork and his ability to finish at the basket um you know he's got to work on his jump shot he still has a jump shot but i just think just from his skill level and what he's able to do on the court (laughs) Especially yeah. for his size, is is amazing. So I'm I'm curious to see. We'll see if this season even finishes. <laughs> uh-huh. Right,
0: right, right. It's like it's like the lockout
1: season. <laughs> no, it's like Twilight
0: Zone. <laughs> you know, it, lockout. What was that? The season they had 50 games, but it started late. This right. one's in early.
1: That season was trash.
0: <laughs> right, it was horrible. 50 games. <laughs> that was that was the season that uh that you had the the, the thrilling Pacers versus Spurs. <laughs> Terrible. That was more. Um I was I would say what's funny is that so um at the nineteen game mark that Zion played, he was ten and nine with the Pelicans, win loss. And looking at their record, look at the Grizzlies record right now, they're thirty-two and thirty-three of which most job, job played most of those games. So they're fairly around that right. five hundred mark right. when they're when they're when they're playing. Um I think also one major aspect about Especially rookie of the year for me is you're used to playing thirty to thirty eight mm-hmm, games mm-hmm. in a college season, yeah. even a high school season. For Jada, to have played fifty six games. Um, that's something that you have to add.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So is that's that's the biggest drain, and especially kids that young, is your body not just the travel, but those? That's the most games you've ever played in one season. Under the lights, you know, maybe when you were younger playing AAU in the mm-hmm. summertime yeah. ice season, but um, that has to play a part because if you take, you know, the last 20 games or, or you're comparing everything to like Josh, you know, last 20 games um, or that time that that, 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 that game uh, space resides like fresh off of injury, hasn't doesn't have the wear and tear in his right. body. You don't get to see that that slump that people get. And John's been pretty consistent this season. Yep,
1: that's a good point.
0: You know, I just you gotta credit that. So mm-hmm. I know Zion's getting all these statistics and, and doing a lot of stuff, but that playing those extra thirty games, you have to you have to show respect and credit for that. Um because it's it's a wear and tear. It's a wear and tear in your body for and it's the first time they've ever had an NBA season. Um so that's something that I always Definitely give credit to um, in this in this situation. Um, do do you have do you know who your your defensive player to the will be? Or should be. Uh. Do you want to you want to table that yeah, as well? I think
1: we table that. I need I need some. I need to do a little bit more more research. I know we talked about yours, and I would like to agree with that, but I just need to to kind of pull some more more data.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay so we got We got a, we a hold. We're gonna part two. We're gonna have first second third team all nba yep and then we're gonna have defensive player of the year predictions and coach of the year predictions because mm-hmm. i already know who i in my opinion who the coach of the year would be do you do you know that or you or you want to you want to you want to hold we'll back
1: put, and, we'll put that in part two as well
0: put that in part two um do you want to also put in part two who you think is going to uh make it in the in the western and eastern conference finals um, make that, Can you make that? Can you make that now? I'm not saying peer pressure, you know, you know, you know, no peer pressure. I'd
1: have to go back and, and and look at my my list. I mean, I I think I still have the Clippers coming out of the West. So, oh, like how they get there, like you know, I, I'd have to look at the brackets and look at like how I think that'll that'll shake out. But again, I I said it. Last last year in the playoffs with the Clippers playing uh, the Warriors so tough. And and I was like, you know, this is probably the Clippers was probably like one of the best, if not the best defensive teams last year. And it kind of got lost in translation just because, again, they didn't have that superstar elite player, that number one, you know, Batman. But defensively, I mean, those guys are dogs. Like, they were just locking down, like, teams left and right. And the way that they played uh, the Warriors was was really special. And I, I said, they just need, like, that one out and I actually wanted Katie to go to the Clippers, not with Kawhi or PG, but even if Katie had just went there with the team that they had because you still got Lou Williams who, you know, is – a great score and obviously his stats go down when the whole roster is, is fully healthy. Um, You, you, you know, you got Harold who's doing amazing things, even this season, he's, he's actually stepped up even more, um, you know, from a minutes and points uh, standpoint. Um, You got a lot of great things happening. They just needed a top consistent score to go along with that. And let's say even if the, you know, uh, Paul George, gone over there with 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 katie i i just think they just needed that score and um you know they would have been spectacular so you take that top defense that they had last year and then you add two you know elite scorers uh to that team and plus both of those both paul george and leonard are defensive specialists themselves so raising defensive effort and intensity and and this overall skill level even more with their scoring like that. I, I just think, you know, um, and I, again, back to like whether that game that they lost to the Lakers meant, who did that mean more to? I mean, it definitely meant more to the Lakers and obviously the Clippers wanted to win doc wanted to win, but he's out there trying stuff. He's like mixing the, the lineup up. He had Pat Beverly kind of in and out and, you know, garden, you know, he guarded LeBron a little bit and tried to taunt him and do those little things. But, you know, I, I really don't think they wanted to show their hand. And they're they're still up 2-1 against the Lakers in in that series. I think they have one more game left um, if the season starts back up. But I, I just have the Clippers. I just think they're the best defensive team. And then I just think when you have a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George and then all the other role players and scorers, like that's tough to beat in a series. I don't have anybody else coming out of the West but the Clippers. On the, on the East, I mean, I, I I feel like the Bucks are gonna come out of the East, but and especially without having to contend with the Raptors, even though the Raptors are still kind of holding their own. Um, You know, they're obviously not the same. They're still a, a good team. You know, you got Philly that's kind of marred by injuries, and I think uh, Ben Simmons is out for another three weeks or something like, like that, and Bede is kind of, you know, in and out. I, I think they're a little bit shaky, but they're still a, a, a good team. You know, Boston is showing some grit, and they they kind of are feeling like they're hitting on all cylinders, and they kind of got the team dynamics right, and they're they're getting some some quality wins. But I still have the Bucks coming out. It's just a matter of, like, has Giannis – grown enough from a playoff intensity standpoint because everybody's shining and looking great in the regular season but once you get to that playoffs where that defensive intensity like just you know that it's turned up all the way to the max like how is he going to be able to respond to that and how's the team going to be able to respond when that pressure really hits uh, Giannis are they going to be able to just kind of lift each other up like the jury's still out but I still kind of have them coming out so I feel like it's Bucks, Bucks, Clippers championship, but Plus, you know. Lips,
0: championship. We'll see.
1: Uh,
0: I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and I, and I've announced my, my bias, you know, my little cousin, uh, Quinn Cook mm-hmm. plays Lakers. Um, I, from a straight basketball perspective, I, 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 with you with the Clippers making it to the, to the Western conference finals. Um, I'll leave it and just say, I think they'll play the Lakers in the Western conference finals. Um, I do think that that's going to be a, a hefty, hefty game. That's going to be a tough game. And it's funny. I mean, that's.
1: That would be that a big lift for the Lakers to beat the Clippers in a seven game series.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and the thing that's I, interesting, we really think about it this way, which is, I don't know if this has ever happened in the NBA, where you have seven straight games in the same arena. <laughs> so like, well, even that wear and tear that most people normally have with travel, you have none of that. Everybody's going to be at home. Um, which, you know, I hope the NBA just has them stay in the hotels that whole week or a week and a half, whatever. But um, so they don't get too comfortable just being home the whole time. But um, you, you make great points about the Clippers. I think the Clippers are a really good team. And um, I think th- I think things are going to shift. And obviously with the death of Kobe, I know there's a lot of pressure in the Lakers to be really mm-hmm. successful. In the season. So, and I, and I also don't want to – that's something that you can't factor in. In my opinion, like, if it sets in, it could weigh on them or it could inspire them to do better. And they have, even though they're already number one team in the West, it, it's just a different thing when, when when, now it's about how to finish the season. And and, and also, although we're giving all this stuff about the playoffs, but we're only an hour or two hours in to this announcement about the suspension, the uh, suspending indefinitely. And that that's going to change how people train. And there's a lot of things that are going to change that Mm -hmm. that were unseen when we sat down and said we're going to talk about the NBA tonight. And I really want to know, really want to figure out and watch, analyze what's going to happen with this pandemic because it's obviously having so many uh, lingering effects Mm -hmm. on so many aspects of life, Uh, specifically today. I don't know how that's going to to really be, you know, really have that... um, yeah, What, what, they, what they're going to do, like what they're going to yeah. be able to do, um, with this change in their work schedule, the mentality, people not going to be, um, as may not be as aggressive because they're not out there living life the same way, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. But you, you, you pretty much quarantine the house to then go play an NBA game,
1: yeah. I, I do think that it's probably a welcome little intermission for some of these banged up teams and players, though. So, like, it gives these teams a chance to really heal some of these players, especially ones that have just kind of played through injuries. So again, like playing fantasy basketball, you see just how much like wear and tears on the players where so-and-so is out because of an illness or an ankle tweak or a knee sprain and all the things that they're, they're playing through an elbow or wrist injury. So, you know, just a chance to, um, you know, they, I'm sure they'll, they'll still stay sharp and, and be in the gym and do those things, but just a chance to kind of get some rest, um, you know, after a big chunk of the season's already passed, I think it'll be a little welcome break for them. But I know they're all kind of eager to finish the the season and and see what what happens. So I'm curious, like you, to see if they're even going to finish the season. And obviously, you know, for selfish reasons with, with KD, you know, I'm like, well, we could go ahead and push it to 2020, 2021 and just go ahead and chunk this season. It already had an asterisk by it anyway without, you know, Clay Thompson, KD, Curry, Kyrie in and out, so let's go ahead and scrap it. <laughs>
0: we've got, got announced that uh, the ya is the the president um, of the fan club. So anything you see that's that's a that's a somewhat of a slant to uh, the Durantula. Mm. That's she's uh, un, unapologetic about her love of, uh, of Kevin Durant. I
1: will um, add though that I am still very objective when it comes to. You know, his shortcomings and flaws, yeah. you know, on the court and those sort of things. I, I try not to be like, you know, a rabbit fan and I won't name any players fans. You know who that uh, is if you follow me on Facebook, but I try yeah. to be objective.
0: <laughs> the Bernie bros of the NBA.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: The Bernie bros of the NBA. There's a lot. Of, there's, a, there's one fan base um, that is like that. and There was a fan base that was like that in the past. Um, and I think that's changed. Uh, I'll be I'll, the, the the fan base that was like that in the past was definitely Kobe fans. Um, I think now more people the Kobe fandom is a little different. Obviously, since it's passed, passing, it's like it's become more
1: yeah, more reverent.
0: More yeah, yeah, exactly more reverent. But it used to be very troll like and very just you know. And, I, and I'm a fan of um of the game. You know, mm-hmm. if you're good and you play the game right, I'm going to like the way you play. Um, I have my own personal favorites, you know, um, and, I, and I've always been more of a player person than a team person. Mm-hmm. In any, mm-hmm. um, college basketball, I'm a Georgetown fan since birth. Mm-hmm. But um, I did, and even in college, I did teams that I like for different reasons. Like, I, I'm definitely a huge Penny Hardaway fan um, of him coaching and his path through coaching. Mm-hmm. I, he's, he's got to be the, the, the only college college coach out now that has literally gone from junior high high school to college coaching in that in those steps if you follow his you know his path yeah. Yeah. Um, all the listeners out there he started coaching with one of his friends and middle a middle school team and then they, they their staff went to a high school his friend passed away. He became the head coach of that team. They won state championships, and then he gets the the the, the job at his alma mater. Like he, that's a storybook. It's a movie. I mean, it was two thirty thirty, two two uh e sixties, you know. So I'm a fan of Penny as a as a Memphis. I'm a I'm a be watching Memphis all season. NBA hasn't been like that for me. Um, I was an Allen Iverson fan. He went to Georgetown, so you know that was my last player that I was like I'm following everything he did. Interestingly enough, I've been a Steph Curry fan since he destroyed Georgetown. Um in the in the in the, um mm-hmm. he was at Davidson. I was like, this kid is the goods. I didn't think he'd be this good, but I've always respected his game. But I like I like I like players that play the game well. Right. So I- We had some technical difficulties that cut our recording short. Um, but fortunately, y'all will be back for part two of the conversation, getting deeper into the NBA and some of the awards that we believe people should should have earned or should earn the season. I um, want to move on to NCAA. Interestingly enough, when we planned this uh, podcast. We did not know the effect of the coronavirus. And literally within the last 12 hours, every conference has canceled their conference tournament. And the NCAA canceled the men's and women's tournament all all together. Uh, Last night we were on the podcast where we caught wind, saw the alert that the NBA was canceling or suspending its season, but had no idea that when I was going to discuss the NBA and college basketball this week that all these things would unfold. Um, Despite that, I still want to give credit to the players um, that had amazing seasons this year. So I'm going to go down a list of who... I have Scoop's uh, first-team All-American list uh, for the college basketball this season. Um, Start off with uh, Marcus Howard from Marquette. This guy is the nation's leading scorer, averaging 27.8 points a game. His scoring average in Big East play is is an all-time conference record. Um, He's already the all-time leading scorer in conference games and in total points. Um, His total points, uh, 27.61 is is twenty first on the all time scoring list, just eight points behind Duke's J.J. Redick. Um, he's a unanimous first team All Big East selection, and he won out won uh, Player of the Year last season. Next up on my list is Peyton Prichard from Oregon. Um, he's currently the Pac twelve Player of the Year. Just got selected, rightfully so. Um, he leads the the conference in scoring and assists. He averages 20.5 points and 5.6 assists. He's one of only three players in the country averaging 20 points, five assists, and four rebounds. Um, he he led Oregon to the Pac-12 regular season title. Next up, Miles Powell from Seton Hall, Big East Player of the Year. Tough battle between him and Marcus Howard for that award. Like I said, Marcus Howard won it last year, but this year it was Miles Miles' turn. Um, he was the all-time leading scorer in school history at Seton Hall led the team with 21 points a game, which was second in the conference behind Marcus Howard, was also top 10 in the conference in assists and steals, and he led Seton Hall to a shared conference title. Obi Toppin from Dayton, the Atlantic 10 Player of the Year, led the team with 20 points, 7.5 rebounds per game, was fourth in the country with uh, 68.4% from the field. He also led his team to the regular season conference title um, and, and Dayton is currently number three in the country. If you follow basketball, you know how random it is to have the Dayton Flyers this high on the list. So that's all pretty much based on on his work and the, and the work of his team and his coach. Last up on on the first team All-American list for me is Luca Garza from Iowa. Uh, Luca actually went to Murray High School here in D.C. So it's a it's a, a sweet moment to have somebody local have such a great season. Um, He was selected Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, leading the conference with 23.9 points a game, which is fifth in the country. And he also leads his team with 9.8 rebounds per game, which is fourth in the conference. On the second team, we have uh, Cassius Winston from Michigan State, who actually won the Big Ten Player of the Year award last year. Um, He led his team with 18.6 points a game, uh, 5.9 assists, 1.2 steals and 43% from the three-point line. All of those statistics were top seven in the conference. He led Michigan State to the regular season Big Ten title. And uh, for him on a personal level, he he lost his his brother to suicide earlier in the season. Um, The entire Michigan State community came and enveloped him with love, and it was a very touching story. Um, They even had a video of him doing his his dap with his brother, but by himself, kind of in remembrance of him. So I've been following him since he was in high school, and he's had an amazing career at Michigan State, and I'm I'm happy to see uh, him continue that, and he definitely will be a first-round pick in the NBA draft. Next up is uh, Malachi Floyd from San Diego State. Um, He's somebody who who I might consider to be the most valuable player in college basketball. Um, Last season, San Diego State only won four conference games. This season they uh they won all but one they ended up 30 and two 6th in the country and won the regular season title all pretty much based on him putting the team on his back he led the conference in assists and steals and was third in the conference in scoring with 17.6 points a game which also led his team i think he might be the most valuable player in college basketball honestly um and the mountain west conference isn't the toughest so And it's also because of, of time constraints, being in Pacific Coast time, a lot of East Coast media doesn't necessarily uh, pay him as much mind, but he had a hell of a season, hell of a season. Next up is Jordan Nwora from uh, Louisville. Uh, came in second in the, in the ACC Player of the Year vote to Trey Jones. Um, he was preseason ACC Player of the Year, still ended up uh, first-team All-ACC. Um, he's second in conference with 18 points a game. Um, And second on the team with 7.7 rebounds per game. Helped lead Louisville to be number two in the ACC in the regular season. Uh, Next up is Philip Petrusev from Gonzaga. Uh, He is the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Led the team with 17.5 points per game and uh, 7.9 rebounds per game. Both of them were top three in his conference. Gonzaga won the regular season, and they are the number two team in the country. And last up on the on the second team is Udoka Azabuki from Kansas, Big Twelve player of the year. Only player in the Big Twelve to average a double double. He's averaging thirteen point seven points, ten point five rebounds per game. And he leads the NCAA in field goal percentage with seventy four point eight percent. Kansas is currently number one in the country and they won the Big Ten conference title. So um those are my those are my first and second team players. Uh, it's interesting that when I designed or you know devised this list, I was looking for the users or users the viewers to sit back and watch and see how these guys go and you know the tournament now that it's canceled um and the conference pl- conference tournaments are canceled it's this is a rare rare space you know um as I mentioned earlier, let I me mean, hashtag march sadness honestly this is uh This is unprecedented, and it it sucks, especially for the seniors, you know, and especially the teams that aren't ranked so high in the regular season because they have a chance to shoot up in their conference tournaments, then get seated and and, and be the Cinderella story of the tournament this year. Excuse me, but with the pandemic going on, uh, with coronavirus, I mean, a lot of things have changed, and you know, and other news related to coronavirus – Disneyland is closing. Um, where I live in Washington D.C., there's been a, a, a health emergency. You know, you're seeing things change all over. The Dow is now in a bear market. You know, we've had one of the worst stock market crashes in in recent memory because of this, and um, it's having so many effects, uh, unforeseen effects on sports. Um, I really thought that 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 this was going to be something. You say, oh yeah, this is about to happen. And, you know and and I can't wait to see how these guys do even with the NBA segment we had previously, but the NBA is suspended indefinitely, so I'm trying not to be a debbie downer. You know, I want to talk about the guys that 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 have played amazing this year in both college and the NBA, you know, but it it does leave a, a bitter taste in your mouth, seeing that you know this virus is 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 going to cancel pretty much all the things that we're used to seeing around this time of year you know, even even spring practice with Major League Baseball and, um, you know, Kansas and Duke as schools have canceled all their spring sports. You know, so hopefully we have um, a better grasp on this. And so we'll have better news on on, on not just my podcast, but just the news overall. You know, so I want you all to stay tuned to be happy, um, happier with how things have going. Hopefully next week is a is, is has better news you know because I don't want anybody being depressed over everything that's going on but I will remind you all to continue to wash your hands stay out of uh of of places with large crowds of people if you can I feel like we're in a in in you know 2020 version of the movie contagion but I uh, I appreciate you all listening to my rants on sports want to once again thank uh ya Coach Y'all, got to put some respect on her name, uh, for her insight on the NBA. And um, next week, we're going to discuss further the NBA and hopefully have better news for you all pertaining to this coronavirus. You know, so I'll, I'll check you all next week. Thank you for listening.